0: If you don't go, you'll never know. I'm Dan Van Duren and this is my 5.30.
1: Hey guys, welcome to this week's episode of 5.30. Not many people would associate Dubai with surfing, but our guest this week, along with his business partner and team, is responsible for Dubai's growing surf community. Surfhouse Dubai was born and has grown to cater to thousands of like-minded members who respect the ocean and love the sport.
2: Dan Van Duren joins us this week to talk about living life to the fullest, relentlessly pursuing passions and staying true to yourself. In essence, anything is possible. You just got to believe and put in the work. This episode was recorded live from Singlefin Cafe, home of the UAE's vibrant surfing community. We really hope you enjoy this episode. Dan's story is awesome. All right. uh, Our guest for today, I think if you love the water, if you frequent the beach of Dubai, um, our guest doesn't need an introduction, but for the sake of doing so and for the rest of the listeners... We have Dan Van Duren here. Dan, thank you for coming on the podcast in this like beautiful single fin cafe. Oh. It's everyone's favorite. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: Thanks for having me, guys. I'm stoked to be here. Just for a quick lowdown, could you tell us uh, your Dubai story, please? Sure, so um, I was born in a place called Bahrain, um, and my dad at the time was a pilot for golf air. And then Emirates started, um, Emirates Airlines, and then he got a, offered a job out here so we moved out here in 1987 and um yes i didn't really have an option it was kind <laughs> of just uh you know put on my plate um but yeah it's a it's a fantastic place to grow up um i think both of you guys have been here for a long time as well so you mm-hmm. know you know you've seen all the yeah. changes and um it, it's home for me um i've had my kids here as well um, so it's kind of gone through generations of of you know from my dad to to me and then now to my kids so it, it feels like, you know, a, a big place in my heart. Um, yeah, so, so I grew up here. Yeah, I, I think this is my home, basically. It's yeah, like I it. think we call it like a lot of people like called Dubai
2: home. But I just wanna go back to the like in the past because you know, yeah. without a great past, you won't have like a great future. And looking back, you were living at the Chicago um, Beach Village, which yeah. is now called Marinat Jumeirah. How was
0: that like 30 some odd years ago? Yeah, that that place actually used to be out in the middle of nowhere. So Chicago Beach Village was a place where people were like, wow, you you live out in the desert? You know, that's like... (laughs) And and that's where Madinat Jumeirah is now. And, um, you know, people would say, why would you live out so far? But um, it was such a cool, like serene place. You know, we were right on the beach. Um, We had like a compound of about 300 odd houses. Um, Everyone knew everyone. And it was like super safe. It was like a little haven for us. We'd wake up in the morning, go down to the beach, go for, go for a body surf or a surf, whatever it was. Um, we'd have a pier that was out there yeah. as well. So people used to go fishing off that pier and jump off there and do backflips. And, you know, it was, um, and there was a skateboard as well. I don't know if you remember that, that skate ramp that was y- there. Yeah, yeah, I remember. Yeah, the, the wooden um, thing that used to give you the worst splinters in the world. So, yeah, everyone would, you know, go skate, go party, um, just it was the best place to be in Dubai, in my eyes. It was really cool.
2: It's it's, it's just like mind boggling. It's just like fascinating because like back then there was nothing but
1: it's crazy. I mean, like it's, even it's, when, it's when rad- we were here, as but my family were in horse racing and like the Jebel Alley race course, we used to think it was miles away. Like it was <laughs> like oh my god, the only like saving grace was that we'd go to the Hard Rock Cafe on the way home, <laughs> But it's also now nah, not there.
0: Yeah, that so. was a good old staple place, right? <laughs> um, not there anymore though. I but know. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, no, Chicago Beach Village was a really, really cool place and I'm so stoked that I was, you know, part of that um, journey and I was there at that time because um, you don't really find that many pl- places like that anymore here in Dubai. But, um, it's rare. Like it's if you find rare. one, like, I, I don't know if it
2: exists that yeah, place. Think, yeah. But
1: uh, but I think the community aspect is still such a strong part yeah, of, like, of Dubai. It yeah. comes through in everything that we do. I'm sure you've noticed it as you've built your business as well. It's And so ingrained
2: exactly and that's the reason why surf house dubai of which you co-founded um and uh, i think there's like this is the place where you find like real community as well um how did surf house dubai come about
0: yeah (laughs) so so growing up um we were we were always surfing here in dubai and um at the time basically there were no no other surf businesses and you couldn't buy surfboard you couldn't buy equipment like leashes or wax or or anything like that. And my dad being a pilot at the time, whenever he would go on a trip, say to Australia or America, um, mm-hmm. I'd ask him, hey dad, could you, you know, bring me some wax or you know, bring me a new <laughs> fin? Or you know, if I broke my, my fin, I, I wouldn't be able to surf. So I'd ask him to bring all this equipment for me. And um, so yeah, basically there was no, no one doing it at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and what year was that? So we, we started surfing quite young. Mm-hmm. um you know my brothers and, and my business partner Scott as well he was part of that CBV uh, community yeah I had a few other real good friends actually the guy that was just waved at me just now <laughs> um he, he also was a, a CBV guy as well because so, I think it was
1: such a misconception that you, there is no surfing here
0: yeah exactly yeah most people think it's a desert and there's just no yeah. waves but um in fact it's probably one of the best places to learn how to surf um which we'll probably get into later but um you know if you go to hawaii or bali or you know all these places that are known as surf destinations if you've never done it before and you go out there you'll Just probably get freaked out and you know it's so powerful that ocean yeah you'll get dumped down and you know or have a near-death experience drowning mm-hmm. and you probably won't want to go out, out there again right whereas here in dubai it's it's quite mellow it's all sand bottom you know there's no sharks there's no kind of coral reefs or anything you have to worry about so it's an idealistic place to learn and I think that's one reason why we thought, okay, well, let's, let's start a surf school in Dubai. Um, so it was actually my business partner, Scott, who, yeah. who started it in 2005, which is um, well almost 18 years ago now. Wow. Um, and I was at university at the time in Australia, mm-hmm. and I would always come back and forth and, and, and I'd help them out and be part of that like as a coach. Um, and then I'd met a lot of contacts in Australia with the surf community. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the surf uh, industry, should I say. So it brought a lot of those brands um, over, and I joined him in 2007, and that's when we became partners basically, and and uh, it just started yeah from that. Was it so, was it always this place where you had like something different? Uh, because
2: this is, this place is very iconic, like Surf House Dubai. When you when you. When you say surf house Dubai, it's like it's the OG place. Yeah, it's one yeah. of those like hard rock cafes thing, <laughs> you know, where it's
0: just still standing like twenty years on. Super um, cool. Um, yeah. No. So, so it actually started. It was always been on Sunset Beach, mm-hmm. um, which actually isn't known to the public as Sunset. Sunset Beach is Sunset Mall, right? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It, so, but the original Sunset Beach is is the one came Open Beach where we surf. And the surf community known it, know it as Sunset Beach. Because um, it basically okay. has the best sunset with the Burj Al Arab in the background. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Scott's business, uh, Scott's um, brother, Steve Chambers, mm-hmm. came up with that name. I can't remember what year it was. Um, and then the surf community just started calling no it way. Sunset So you guys Beach. came up with that name? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's so cool. Pretty cool. Um, so in 2005, Scott had uh, a Jeep Cherokee and about eight softboards on top of the Jeep <laughs> Cherokee. And he just, you know, drive around to the beaches and just give, you know, Russian tourists, And you remember Russian beach? Yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> So you'd go down there and, uh, you know, just hassle and try and get get guys surfing. Um, and then uh, kind of outgrew that, that Jeep Cherokee and <laughs> um, built a trailer, uh, which we would literally tow around everywhere. And then you would open up the trailer and there'd be all the surfboards wrapped up in there. And then on the doors, it would be a shop. It would be like literally all the accessories and all the clothing and all the things that you need for surfing. So it was a proper like backyard you know like how Quicksilver kind of started where yeah it was just you open up his van and you know you got all these Quicksilver products and did so. you think
1: at the time that it was something that you wanted to really scale and grow or were you just going with it like this is just how we're gonna you
0: know yeah. roll this yeah. out with a, so a trailer that, at the time actually it was kind of more of a part-time thing and it would just help us pay for the weekend you know like yeah. beers and on the weekend and it, it wasn't really like we weren't 100% dedicated to it. And I think that's the point where what made the biggest change was Scott and I looked at each other and we saw all of our friends, you know, going to these nine to five jobs and they were thinking, man, we don't want to do that. That's not, that's not what we, we believe in. And, you know, these guys were living for the weekend, working their asses off all, yeah. all day, all, all week. Yeah. And, um, and they were missing out on waves, um, you know, so <laughs> um, Scott and I were like, okay, this is, this is our life. This is our passion. Let's also live and make that our job. Um, And that's kind of what took it to the next level, which was about 2008, so a year after I joined. Because it wasn't really paying the bills, and it was like, okay, we have to either, you know, go and do that nine-to-five, you know, job, Mm -hmm. or make this our our life. And that's what we did, so.
1: If you hadn't, what would you have gone and done? What would have been your nine-to-five?
0: So I studied um, business management, uh, majoring in sports events. Um, at university so I did kind of dabble into um, a sports event so I was doing golfing events okay which definitely wasn't my, my thing <laughs> I didn't didn't enjoy it uh, I paid pretty well at the time but um so I probably would have gone into sports events yeah which is also cool but not as not as good as yeah, no I think fans, so.
1: yeah you fit the you fit the belt of the surf yeah surf yeah and also like
2: in 2008 that was tough because it was a recession right it was a global recession so how how did you guys
0: like uh wade through that so actually recessions are a good thing for our business um no (laughs) way 2008 was one of our strongest Mm -hmm. ever years um and same with covid um covid was one of our strongest ever um years as well so i think people going through recessions um you know they lose their job they have more time on their hands they they want to do things that are meaningful um they want to get outdoors and be more active um and yeah, so... I think so,
1: as well, again, it goes back to a sense of community, like, especially coming out of COVID, people are really looking to find that connection with people and get so, back into an environment where you're with other people and...
0: Yeah, so true. And, and I think the community were the things that like survived, we survived from that community that what, what we built, yeah. um, you know, they really want to support local business. Um, and yeah, so which is like
2: very—it's—it's it's happening now. So like, even for me, like I just like try to support local business, even for like the food that we eat, you know, the mm-hmm. the the shops where we buy our goods from. Um, talk about community. I think you started in a very small. I was reading an article about, you know, Dan, and you started from like ten surfer clients, and so now you have about I don't know, maybe like eight thousand, ten thousand. Yeah. To talk us through like this whole thing. Did you ever like think that? hey, yeah. we're going to teach like 10,000 people how to
0: surf. And definitely didn't, didn't envision that. Um, and uh, especially being in a place like Dubai, I didn't, I didn't see it to get as big as it is now. Um, you know, so we were a community of probably 15, 20 guys just surfing. And um, you could surf anywhere along the coast. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, there were waves, you know, every single beach, from all the way from Jebel Ali down to Rasul Khaimah. Um, so we would go on, you know, these like little surf yeah. kind of trips and, and find these un- undiscovered waves. But, um, a lot of them got blocked from, from say the world islands, um, all the construction that was happening. All the shoreline development, all, all the shoreline developments. Yeah. yeah. So, so now you, when you go to a beach, uh, sunset beach right here where, on a day when the surf, you know, you get like a couple hundred people out in the water, um, because there's no other places to go. So yeah. you can really see, you know, all the, the, the surf vibe and the surf yeah feel right there it's like the heart of sun the heart of the surfing in in dubai so
2: also that's that's also a challenge because you are you allowed only like a specific area within like the public beach and the and uh how do you get through that like you know because there's lots of um uh, rule of thumb and the unwritten rules of surfing yeah um how do you guys like managing yeah. potential crises.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it can get pretty hectic out there. And there's definitely, um, you know, a lineup and people have to, there's, there's rules, right? Like yeah. any, any sport, you mm-hmm. know, you can't drop in on people and, and there's only supposed to be one person per wave. Um, so it can get a little bit hectic sometimes, especially with a lot of beginners and learners out there. Um, there's, there's boards flying everywhere. Yeah. So it gets a little bit chaotic. Um, so, so people are still going up, you know, up north further up until like, you know, Russell Hamer and, and yeah. Umar Kuwain and Ajman and you know, all those places. So that's what's happening now is people are slowly starting to, to kind of venture up north, um, um, to avoid that. And I think if you're like
2: an an advanced um, surfer, you would look for like different places, right? Yeah. Um, Yeah, But um, I remember sometime early 2010s, 2012s, Mm. uh, surfing was banned. Yeah. Um, Talk to us about that and how you pioneered like into getting it back and working with the officials and making it like, uh, hey, we're part of this community. Yeah. We're actually building like, you know, sustainable
0: uh, sport. Mm. And
1: why was it banned?
0: It's a, it's a really interesting time actually. And uh, a good question <laughs> why it was banned. Um, so the, I think the authorities thought that surfers were dangerous. It was two, two swimmers basically. So as similar as the jet skis, mm-hmm. they saw us as a, as a moving watercraft with a pointing pointed, you know, sharp yeah. nose. And that if we were surfing when swimmers were out there, we, we may hit someone. So I think that was the reason why they, they banned it and it was in 2012. Um, I remember very clearly, um, Did you know it was
1: coming or was it like an overnight
0: like decision? It it was literally like an overnight thing. (laughs) Yeah. It was one of those typical, you know, Dubai scenarios where there was no warnings. There was no, um, you know, like, okay, you have three more months to surf. And then after that, it's going to be banned. It was like, we were out surfing and the authorities were out on the beach, you know, with their sirens on, um, and there were water, water um, boats out there with their sirens on, kicking everybody out. And we were just like, what, what, what's happening? We don't, you know, why is, is someone drowning or what, what's happening? Mm-hmm. And um, we got out on the beach and they said, surfing's not allowed. Huh. Literally just surfing's banned. And um, that was a really, obviously, interesting time with our business. And so it went on for six months. Huh. Um, six months going back and forth a to long time. municipality. Yeah. And trying to plead our case and saying you know surfing is actually a beneficial sport for people um it's great for for tourism um you know basically trying to plead our, our case of, mm-hmm. of trying to get surfing unbanned um every time you go surfing you get a fine uh so 400 dirhams it started off at and then it doubled every time you got caught so they'd have your name on a on a record <laughs> so uh, no. i think so I, after three fines at 1600 <laughs> dirhams i was like okay it's pretty expensive you know, sport to do, yeah. so I'm not going to bother going surfing anymore. And my house is right on the beach. So every time there were waves, it would be uncrowded um, and there'd be perfect waves coming through, uh, but you couldn't surf it. Oh so I got that must
1: have been torture It for you. was torture.
0: It was torture. <laughs> Similar to COVID, actually. Yeah. Um, watching, yeah. you know, not being able to go to the beach and just watching these waves roll through. So, yeah, it was a very, very interesting time. But the way we got surfing back was um, saying that, having surfers in the water actually makes it a safer place for swimmers because we were the unofficial lifeguards i I was just going to say because back then there were no lifeguards that's right and and you you used to be a lifeguard yeah and so you would know and on the public beaches nothing no lifeguards at all so um that's how we basically got surfing back was uh because you had
1: saved lives right you had saved the lives of swimmers
0: literally and unfortunately when they banned surfing those drowning rates went through the roof um, so it was in reported in the newspaper all the time like almost on a, every time there was waves there'd be at least a couple of drownings wow um and then having a surfer in that in the water would um yeah stop those drownings so Gosh. so that's how wow. we we basically un. Band surfing. But
2: now you put like UAE on the map of like the like bucket list surfing destinations.
0: Yeah,
2: um, trying to. W- which, which I think now it's like getting there with the with the rise of a lot of uh, surf schools and and all these things.
0: Um, That's right. Touching on that, um, that they're actually building um, the best, the world's best wave pool. Um, so you know what a wave pool is, right? Yeah. 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 yeah I've so heard about this. Kelly Slater's wave pool will be opening up in in a couple of months in uh, Abu Dhabi um and that is just gonna change the whole like surfing industry in this region um you know we're gonna have like world-class competitions um you basically have a wave on a switch so you don't have to wait for waves anymore um you know over here we only get about 90 to 100 days of of surfable waves and then average. when does
2: that start like when do you buy winter times so yeah work.
0: that's mm-hmm. right so usually in the winter when it's super windy and, and cold and then everybody's hibernating we're, we're out there surfing so um, it's a very short, short window that we actually get waves in the summer. It's completely flat. Um, and that's generally when we go traveling over to the East coast of, of Oman. And mm-hmm. you know, so we still try and get waves during the summer, but just in other locations. But, um, yeah, with this wave pool, you've literally got, you know, 24, seven on a switch. That's super cool. Obviously you got to pay for it. Um, yeah. um, <laughs> is
1: it. um, I've never surfed and I'm you know, not the that's bravest. A challenge now. That's yeah. it. <laughs> so how long would you say it takes someone to go from like a beginner level up until you know comfortable can, yeah they can ride a wave
0: so the beauty of surfing um to learn the basics you can do right away like we'll, we, we guarantee that we'll get you up and riding on your first lesson really so that's how easy it is to learn how to stand and catch that wave.
1: i can see your mind's now turning chris like not doing Selfie it right now chris <laughs> go surfing yeah
0: but the but the other beauty about it is that it's so hard to get really good. And it's something that you, every single time you go out, you're constantly learning. So I've been surfing most of my life, um, probably 20, 27 years. Mm -hmm. And I I haven't perfected the sport yet. So um, every single wave you catch is different. You're never gonna catch that same ride. So every ride is a different experience. Um, So it's not like, um, a, a skate skate ramp, which is yeah. exactly the same, and you can mm. you know if you fall, you just go back and you do it again. And you can master a specific technique. yeah, yeah. Mm. So when you're surfing, you gotta you gotta paddle out there. You've got you know probably 50 other people who are battling against the same wave. Yeah, um, and then that wave comes and you fall. You know you got to wait another whatever 10, mm. 15, 20 minutes until you catch another one, right? Um, so it's just it's it's difficult to get really good. But that's also a challenge, which I love about surfing.
2: And I think that's part of it because you're constantly battling with yourself and nature and you cannot like...
0: Yeah. You can't control it. Yeah. 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 So it's... a Yeah. I just love surfing for that, for that reason.
2: That's so nice. Uh, Talk about single fin because I think everybody loves single fin and this is where 530 was born in 2017
0: um that was so cool when you told me that story i was <laughs> like wow that you got inspiration from the cafe right here it's, it's, it's crazy cool. and,
2: and i was just going to talk about that because now like at 7 a.m there's like people in suits having coffee uh, it only goes to show that you really built like a great community and i think there's a lot of it became like an incubator or catalyst for creativity um uh, how did single fin come about
0: nice so basically we had we have this like full circle in surf house right mm-hmm. so if it's you've never surfed before you can come here and, and learn how to surf and then we're gonna sell you know you know, the equipment yeah you, ha- you can buy all the equipment there then we do surf trips um and the one part that was missing was the food so people mm-hmm. would come surfing they do all, you know have a great time and then they'd go to our neighbors next door and eat food Um, we love food ourselves and um we're really passionate about you know healthy um it's just it's just that whole surf lifestyle of like living healthy eating healthy and exercising right so we like okay well let's um let's let's start up a little cafe and um we met a guy called Nasa mm-hmm. uh, who was part of the surf community and um he was passionate about food as well um and so we we partnered with him uh, Mad Max is is what we call him <laughs> and um he yeah just just worked really well and um, we started up a single fin cafe in 2015. So that was the one piece that was missing in in the surf house kind of cycle. And um, yeah, we just felt complete after that cafe was there. And I didn't have to worry about, you know, my getting my, my fix. Of,
2: <laughs> it's nice because it's like one stop yes.
0: shop. You just like it check
2: is. in, check out and then eat. You can stay like all day long. I think it was yeah. the first like uh, sharing space or, or like working outside thing yeah. yeah
1: and also it's amazing because i think when i first started coming back here for work um i can't even remember what year that would have been but it was just like everything was just starbucks it was just <laughs> coffee chains and now like this is a real you can sense like the independency and it's still so true to its roots with like all the you know, surf equipment and everything nice May thank Mayors. you it's very
0: cool cool to hear yeah yeah thank you um, I think you know back in the time there was what Lime Tree Cafe yeah. and Jones. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, that's please. true. And and that's about all we had. Yeah. Oh, and more cafe, if you yeah, remember more cafe. Yeah, oh yeah. I think those three were like the staples, right? And yeah. then yeah, and then obviously Tom and Serge, you yeah. know, they, they did a really good job with their concept. And
1: how involved you know, are you in the kind of the cafe? management side like who plans the menu what do you do you do all the kind of the food tasting with the chefs what does yeah, that look
0: like I definitely have to approve <laughs> the food before it goes on the menu but um, we it's all a, it's a part of my wife uh, you know she loves getting involved as well so she'll have um, you know her two cents and then Scott um, my business partner is super healthy and really fit as well so he'll you know put his two cents in and and um, yeah so it's kind of like a combination yeah. Between Scott, myself, and my wife, and and obviously Ushan, who who is the manager of the single fin. Um, but yeah, it's um, the concept is surf destinations around the world. We want to bring um, kind of that like meal staple meal that you have. Say, if you go to Bali, yeah, yeah. Indonesia, you would have nasi goreng. If you go to Brazil, um, yeah. Florianapolis, you'd have acai. Um, if you go to Australia, you'd have toast. Um, so we want to have like one dish from um each surf destination around the world
2: you guys do so much for the community you plan a lot of like um even supporting like local artists and partnering with them um, how do you see this thing come in um on in the future
0: yeah so so we are 100 like community based and um that's our you know biggest biggest kind of like um market and and what we really want to fo- focus on building um, we, we never want to outsell ourselves. We always want to do something that we believe in, um, something that, you know, will benefit people, benefit, you know, the, the environment. So that's, that's our main focus. Um, always on anything that we, we kind of put yeah. forward. Um, mm-hmm. Future growth, we'd, we'd love to go to other Emirates as well. So, so surf, you know, Dubai. I was nice just going to gonna ask that, yeah. Yeah, it'd be nice to have some, um, you know, Umar Kuwait Kai Beach Center. That's another yeah. nice staple. Yeah. Our friend there, Sultan, done a great job um you know so so you know replicating something like what we've done here up into another emirate would be nice
1: and aside from some of the obvious yeah. challenges like surfing being banned or a pandemic what are some of the, some of the biggest challenges that you've overcome in setting up the business
0: um oh, i mean we've been through quite a quite a few um the other one do you remember the original surf house no. yeah do you remember that no. yeah 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 so, uh, where, where was that that was uh where i live now um, okay <laughs> so that was a uh, villa which is really close it's only about a two minute walk from here but um we basically it was a residential uh villa and it wasn't a commercial villa and at the time there's always that red tape of you know running a business and, and living in the same place and all that so we got to a point where We were really, really big and so many people were coming through the door on a daily basis and then our municipality said, hey, what's going on here? (laughs) They shut us down. We got a massive fine, um, 50,000 dirhams, and obviously at the time that was quite a lot of money for a small business. Of course. Still a lot of money for normal business. (laughs) (laughs) yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And um, they cut off our power and electricity. So Scott and I were kind of living in candlelit you know, having our dinners at late at night and (laughs) you know, so there's nothing. We stayed there for six months. Luckily it wasn't the summer. um, So AC wasn't an issue, but, um, yeah. And then, and then that's actually how we came across this point, this, this joint where we are now, um, that was in uh, 2014 and then early 2015, we moved into this place. So that was a big challenge. Six months of not being open and having no business. So. That's tough. Yeah, it was tough. It was a good, a challenge, but it also kind of pushed us to the next level, and made us really, um, you know, step up our game. And yeah, and
2: because you're doing doing what you love, um, and also like making it as your permanent like living. What are the the three maybe three learnings that
0: you've? Uh... Three three biggest learnings would be perseverance, probably number one. Never you know, things get tough in life and that's a lot of people just back out. And, you know, we've been through things where, yeah, like surfing was banned, um, our business being closed down for six months, um, you know, many things. And if we we could have just stepped back and said, OK, let's just do something else. But we persevered and we we carried on going. And I think that's, you know, you come out stronger. Um, if you can hang in there and you can push through, you, you come out generally stronger on the other side. So perseverance would be one. Um, being innovative so always coming and you know you can't just do the same thing over over, and over over, over again Um, so yeah you got to be you know creative you got to be innovative and always changing with the times Um, and then another one would be lead by example Um, I would never get one of my team members to do something that I wouldn't do myself so you know, if that's we, Scott and I have done everything through the business, so we've been surf instructors ourselves. We've been out there pushing people into waves. We've been the accountants. We've been the you know the marketing guys. We've been literally done everything in the business, cleaning the toilets, whatever it might be. So, I'm not going to just now sit back and, and get somebody else to you know do that. I'll, I'll say, look, you know, if the toilet needs cleaning, I'll, I'll get in there and clean it. So, <laughs> um, you know, everybody gets involved in, in in the business in some way. So, leading by example would be practicing what you are preaching also that's it
1: that's amazing yeah. about to like switch off because i guess when you're when your business is also your passion and i can imagine surfing is just what you want to do if you're having like a bad day or to clear your mind but it's also your job so like do you make that kind of separation or how else do you kind of like switch off in a day
0: it's probably one of the hardest things i've struggled with actually is, is to separate it yeah. and you know in, in life as well i've got i got four kids and you know trying to switch off and um yeah put the business aside and then okay now it's family time it is it is tricky it's not easy and if i go out for a surf you know we're we're out there with the community and people want to talk and um you know so so you're constantly are working in in a way and yeah you're kind of like the
1: face of surfing in in a way yeah and
0: and and i I do love that whole social aspect of it it's it's fantastic it's all part of it and um but it is hard to you know if i just want to go for a surf with just my kids or just my wife and um, it's hard to completely switch off, but yeah, it's a, it's a challenge for sure. It's it's tough. Like for
2: me, like photography is like my full time job now, um, and also I love photography and I make money out of it. But at the same time, it saves me from lots of depression or like you know if I need like that creative spike, I would just go out in nature. And did you ever like did you ever have a moment where you resented like surfing because that's <laughs> the, when I see a camera, it's like I'm not gonna
0: touch you. Do you ever feel the same for with like a surfboard? Or that's actually I I did have a point in that in uh, 2012, um, just after basically we were we were giving a lot of the surf lessons ourselves, and as an instructor, when you're out there, you don't get much time to surf yourself. So mm-hmm. you're constantly pushing people into waves, and you know they're having a great time, but you're <laughs> sitting there watching them, you know, and you're you're watching these like great waves roll by, and it's it's tough and and now with my instructors i make sure that they they have time to surf for themselves because i don't want them to get into that situation where you know they're missing out on all the surf and they're just pushing people into waves all the time so you know that it was a good learning curve for me Mm -hmm. to do that but during that time i got into triathlon quite a lot um because yeah it was just something different but it kept me fit and um i i did do a lot of triathlon and jonas was was there as yeah. well you know in, in that jonas time. was
2: but, the one who introduced you I, to us so uh, yeah, yeah.
0: I, I got yeah there's actually a david hunt um a guy who works for us with us now uh, we, we're part of the triathlon kind of community people being so close to the running track and and the, the main swimming beach people, yeah people come over here after their swim after they run after their bike ride and um so it's a nice community as well of triathletes that come here and David Hunt was um, one of the guys that got me into it. i um, an English guy who now uh, rents a space upstairs. Um, what? <laughs> yeah, cool. which is really cool.
1: Is there any um, specific type of training that, comp- like, specifically complements surfing? Because I can imagine it's such a full body workout and core, core strength is so, like, critical.
0: It is. It is. Um, you know, there's obviously no better thing to, to train than actually doing that sport. But yeah. if you couldn't do that sport, and that's one reason I got into triathlon, was um, just to, we don't get waves here every day. So on those flat days, um, your fitness levels would go down. Yeah. And then you'd get waves, come back again. And then you'd be so tired after like day one and you couldn't catch any more waves because you'd be out of, out of breath, right? So keep maintaining that is, is key. Um, so swimming is probably one of the best ones.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and triathlon obviously integrates swimming into it. So that's how I got into triathlon yeah
2: what's your advice um for the new generation
0: of uh, surfers or like water sports lovers so i would say um being an all-round waterman is going to improve your surfing as opposed to you get a lot of surfers that only surf a shortboard or as a longboard who will only surf a longboard yeah and they won't venture out into so many other disciplines um and, and just being an or overall yeah. waterman so mm-hmm. if that's standard paddleboarding or swimming or or whatever it might be kayaking or yeah just um, now now recently foiling I don't know if you know yeah what, yeah, fo- no, yeah. What's that? it's it so it's a hydrofoil it's a surfboard but it's got a foil underneath um, with a wing um, which basically like gives you lift um, and you're you're foiling on, on the water so your board's not touching Oh, cool. And it gives you a sensation like of flying on, on top of the water. It's weird water. because it's like a hoverboard. Oh, I've
1: seen people doing it. It's like yeah, back yeah, to I the future
0: for, for, yeah. for the water. <laughs> so they've got, they've got electric <laughs> surfboards now, electric e foils, should I say. Um, and then you've got the, the hydrofoils with the kites. Um, and then you can, hi- you can foil on waves as well. Um, so, yeah, I've, I've really gotten into the foiling, and that's a whole nother world, but that's really improved my surfing um because oh, wow. it, it gives you a different aspect a different perspective on on the water you're catching waves which aren't broken yet um where we're surfing you can only catch it once it's broken um so yeah it's really kind of opened up my eyes of just you know approach approach surfing in a different way so
2: oh wow so yeah because I was just going to ask you about like the rise of like the e surfboards and electronic devices like battery operated things mm-hmm. because it's weird if you're like um uh, a petrol head, for over like uh, Tesla or electric vehicles, it's completely different. Yeah. Right. So, but if it helps, it helps. Um, who has been yeah. the most important um,
0: professional mentor for you? I've learned a lot from my business partner Scott, um, and and maybe he can say the same. We've we've learned a lot from each other, um, and he's gone off to to start another business, and, and and I've gone off to start other businesses as well. Oh, cool. And. Um, I think you know working for so long with your best friend um it can be tricky obviously um but we've you know and 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 it can it can either ruin a a friendship yeah um or it can make it stronger and i think that we've you know been through ups and downs Mm -hmm. um and um yeah like we've we've come out stronger from from those and um so yeah i think you know professional um, kind of business mentor would be yeah, my business partner. So, okay. yeah.
1: As someone who might be looking to get into this industry, what's the kind of personality trait that you think is really integral to someone who's starting a new business?
0: It's um, passion, um, following that passion and, um, and being true to that, being true to yourself as well. Try not to outsell yourself and um, yeah.
1: Have you found it's, it hard not to kind of compare to other businesses or look to them for, do you look to like anyone in particular for inspiration?
0: Um, yeah, always, always try and be inspired by, by others. Um, you know, you can't always do everything perfectly right. And then it's no, you know, it's not bad to see what other people are doing in the industries and, and not, not copy them, but just get inspiration from them. Yeah. So constantly always like, you know, looking outside the box and looking at, Know, our competitors or you know, people within the industry so yeah. yeah
2: it's nice about like the the surfing community because you don't if the, there's like obviously a competition but at the same time you guys support one another
0: yeah um it's it's yeah it's very um very tight the community yeah. and um you know if if someone steps out of line that's um you know about it and, and you're kind of told off so <laughs> yeah it's um yeah you just respect each other right and you just kind of it's yeah. nice. It just brings people together. Like it
2: doesn't matter where you're from or who you are. Once you're in the water, you guys are equal. Um, as a, is there a common myth about your job? Because everybody just thinks that oh, it's water and surfboard, um, and you should just have fun. But at the same time, you're feeding a lot of families over here.
0: Yeah, um, that's, uh, it's definitely so. I mean, especially at the start, people are just like really surf bumps. You know, they are just <laughs> on the beach all day, just kind of yeah, not doing a real job. So that was uh, a biggest kind of myth of, of setting up the business. There's a, as, as you guys know, there's a lot involved in that mm-hmm. and um, a lot of dedication, that, that time as well. So, yeah, the biggest myth is, um, although I'm a surfer, I'm not just a bum on the beach. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Um, what
2: sort of legacy would you like to leave when that day comes?
0: Nice. Um. I think I would like to be seen as someone who gave it a go and um, like if I if I didn't if, if you don't try, you never know, right? Yeah. So you say, Okay, yeah, Dan really, you know, gave that a go and in, in all aspects of life and I don't like just you know, people are scared of um, of failing and um and not trying because they think they're not gonna be good at it. Um, I'll try anything, even if, I'm, even if I suck at it. Even if I'm really, really bad, I, I'll give it a go.
1: Where's that come from um, for you? Where do you think you've got that like, kind of strength? And...
0: It's, yeah, it's funny you ask that and I think it was a particular moment in my life where I was out surfing. Um, maybe people, not everyone might be able to relate to this, but um, it was uh, probably one of the best days um, out there I've ever been. It was in Australia in Heads, um, which is quite an iconic surf destination. It was massive, the waves were huge. And I was scared, (laughs) like really scared. And this huge set came through and I was just in the right position um, for that wave. So everybody, there's only one surfer on a wave at a time, right? So you can't Mm -hmm. have multiple surfers catching one wave. And um, the whole lineup was screaming. And like, you know, yeah, this is amazing. Like, go, 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 go. And I backed out. Uh, (laughs) I I, I pulled out because I was scared. (laughs) And I regretted that moment so bad. And, you know, everyone was pass- like paddling past me, like, oh, man, if you had gone, that would have been the best wave of your life. And, and I, it kind of just really sat, you know, with me. And I was like, shit, I should have just gone. I should have just paddled and gone. Even if I had fallen yeah. and got smashed, I, I wouldn't have known, you know, if I, if I if I'd made it because I didn't go. So, I, you know, and then I've kind of related that to other things in life um, where if, if you don't try, you never know. You know, if you don't go on the date with that girl, um, you know, she could be your future wife or... If you don't, you know, go all out in, in that in that job or whatever, you know, you're never going to know, right? So, it was that moment in surfing where
1: because yeah. it is a s- terrifying sport. Like the ocean is a big, scary place. It is there can any be. have you ever had any kind of really terrible accidents or?
0: Yeah, happen? definitely. I've had some kind of close, you know, near death experiences. Oh, really, one of the, probably the worst one was when I uh, dislocated my shoulder. I got smashed on a wave and my my shoulder popped out, and uh, I was swimming with one arm. And generally sets come in, you know, six or seven or eight or however many waves at a time. So yeah. I caught the first one and then I got the next, you know, six waves on top of my head and I was swimming with one arm. Um, so yeah, it wasn't, wasn't a very really good experience, but, um, you know, I think every surfer goes through something similar to that. Um, and again, it's,
1: and in that, is it the best thing to do just to get straight back on the board and get out there again? Like how it just-
0: yeah. Yeah. So I, I couldn't paddle straight away because I had one arm, but definitely yeah. like as soon <laughs> yeah. as I recovered, I was like, you know, yeah. out there and, um, and now, you know, I look back at that moment where I missed that wave and uh, uh, Now I, I try and go on every wave I can, you know, it doesn't matter if I'm going to fall because yeah. you never know, I, I, you could make that, that, that wave. And although it's scary, <laughs> you know, it's, um, yeah. So I, I kind of, push, you know, put life on that now as well. So if that makes sense.
2: If where's the where's the best wave you've ever had
0: apart from the one
2: that you missed,
0: um, <laughs> apart from the one that got away? Yeah, best wave ever. Um, I think in Peru, there's a place called Chicama, which is the longest left in the world, and you're surfing for one. i played that on my
2: phone. Kilometers. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Play that on my phone.
0: <laughs> that wave is just unbelievable. It just goes and goes and goes and doesn't stop. Um, so yeah, that that was probably. Some of the best waves I've ever had in my life.
1: And where's next on your hit
0: list? Next, um, I've never surfed Hawaii. So Hawaii is kind of like the mecca of surfing. Yeah. So I would love to go there and just experience it. I mean, there's so many, so many waves and destinations around the world. Um, what people are searching for now is uncrowded waves. Mm-hmm. So I've done a couple of trips to some islands off India um, called Lakshadweep Islands, and yeah. there's not a single soul in sight, you know? So you're surfing these waves where there's n- nobody's actually surfed before so that is kind Mm -hmm. of like the exciting thing of surfing now is finding these unridden waves and you know these waves that people don't even know where they are so you can go to all these populous you know surf spots around the world but you're going to get a hundred you know other guys out there right yeah exactly so it's it's finding these new undiscovered waves which is really exciting so yeah
1: it's incredibly inspiring that you've just kind of Recognized from a really young age that you, you knew this like corporate nine-to-five type environment was just so not for you and just followed that mm. Did you have like support of your family and that it was really encouraging for you to go to that?
0: Yeah, I mean it was it was difficult at the start because my dad had spent so much money and supporting me in university And yeah. obviously he wanted me to, you know, get into that corporate world and you know, I've spent all this money on you like, <laughs> And you being a surf bump it, you know, bump <laughs> Um So, you know, I think advice would be, I have have friends who have all these great business ideas. They're constantly coming to me and saying, you know, what do you think about this? Like, you know, fantastic. Dude, just do it. You know, but people are scared to just do it. And, to and, fail, and, maybe yeah. To, to most fail most of the time. Most yeah. of the time, I guess it's yeah. It's, there's, there's many reasons, right? And there's security reasons. If you have a family, you know, you don't want to put mm-hmm. it all in. I think knowing and, where to
1: start is also really hard because you see other people's successes and it's like, yeah. well, how do I get there? It's not like the whole journey, of, you know, whatever it could be, ten years, twenty years in the making.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I think um, if if you don't do it, you'll you'll never know, and and that's um, I think one of the biggest kind of like quotes I love is. If you don't do it, you you'll never know. If you don't go, you'll never know. So, yeah, you just gotta just gotta give it a go. And um, and then some people are also have businesses on the side, where they have a, a regular job, but then they do these things on the side, and it never really reaches the full hundred percent potential. That's it, yeah, because they're not hundred percent focusing on it. And I, and that's what I realized and, at Surf House at the time was um, we had it as a side job, and it was was it was doing okay. But it wasn't really succeeding, yeah. and only at the time when Scott and I said, "Let's dedicate hundred percent, you know, time and effort into it." That's what took it to the next level. So, yeah, if you're gonna do it, just just go all out and and do it. <laughs> I
2: love it. Amazing, Dan. This was this was an honor. Um, great to have you on the podcast, and thanks so much for your time. You've done so much for the community for putting the UAE. On the map, or like surfing and all like water sports activities. Nice. Um, we wish you the best in the future. Thank you so much. And Good uh, luck, thank you. Thank you so much. All right, thanks. Thank Cheers. Five thirty is one hundred percent organically handcrafted by Chris Dabu and Sophie Ryan. You can rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts and participate in Q&As on Spotify. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to 5.30 on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or where awesome podcasts are available. This has been a 5.30 production.